Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, June 22nd, 2018. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, who joins me today from New Orleans. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So it's steamy days already in the Big Easy as the summer begins. The American Library Association Annual Conference gets underway at the city's convention center today with Michelle Obama, featured as opening speaker. We'll talk with you later about what you expect to hear from her, but the bon temps got rolling earlier in the week for the American Booksellers Association's annual Children's Institute. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a busy week here in New Orleans for sure with booksellers and librarians and, of course, publishers and other vendors all descending on the Big Easy here. And there's also a lot of press here, I gather, to cover Michelle Obama's talk. And at least on the indie bookseller side of things, the news has been pretty upbeat so far. Uh, American Booksellers Association CEO Orrin Teicher on Wednesday told attendees of this year's Children's Institute that 2018 is a time of strength and growth, I'm quoting him there, for indie bookselling. And indeed, this is the eighth year in a row uh, in which ABA saw growth in its member stores. And there are now 2,470 ABA member locations representing 1,835 companies. That is significant. That is a nice jump for Oren, and he should be proud of the work and the resurgence that we're seeing in indie book selling. My colleague Judith Rosen is here covering the ABA Children's Institute, and you can read her coverage on the PW website. Uh, and in that coverage, she reports that indie bookstores are seeing uh, rises in sales so far for 2018, paced by adult nonfiction, where unit sales are up about 5% so far in 2018. Uh, that's according to a speaker from the MPD BookScan. And children's books, uh, the focus of this show, Children's Institute, are also up about 3%. And all the numbers coming out of the Children's Institute are just remarkable to me and very encouraging, considering all the trends that we're tracking, including the, the rising proportion of consumer dollars that are now tied up with you know, monthly subscriptions. That's everything from Amazon Prime to Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, uh, even meal kits. So how indie stores are countering that shift, which of course hasn't really hit the book business in force, is certainly something that uh, indie booksellers are going to be keeping an eye on in the coming years, as are we. And of course, the rise in indie sales is certainly remarkable when you compare it to, say, the state of Barnes & Noble, which is the largest national chain store for books, of course, and as we learned this week, is continuing to flail. So, indeed, you're right. The U.S. book business in 2018 seems a story of contrast with Indies on the Rise and Barnes & Noble bleeding red ink. So, the chain's year-end numbers for 2017 arrived this week, and they confirm the suspicions that things aren't well with Riggio and company. How bad was it last year for BNN? Well, indeed, as we expected to hear, the numbers were not good for BNN. Uh, total sales at Barnes & Noble fell about 6% in the fiscal year that ended uh, in April of 2018. That's over last year, over 2017 numbers. Uh, and the retailer posted a net loss of $125.5 million, uh, And that's compared to actual net income of $22 million last year. Revenue last year was $3.66 billion, and that's down, too, from $3.89 billion in 2017. So no good news there. Now, that net loss includes a bunch of one-time charges for the company, which our listeners will recall announced a bunch of changes. You know, there were impairment charges of $135 million, $16.2 million in severance, and $15.3 million in 
quote-unquote strategic initiative costs, whatever those may be. But even if you exclude those one-time charges from both 2018 and 2017, BNN was still down year over year. And that's concerning because here we are in the much-touted renaissance of print, right, with the ebook challenge behind us, at least according to some of the publishers that we heard speak at Book Expo this year. And, you know, the largest by a mile book-selling chain is still bleeding money. As good as the news is from indie stores, let's be clear, the indie market is still a pretty small slice of publishers' revenues. The industry needs Barnes & Noble to do better, and it just isn't. We'll have more on BNN in Monday's issue, of course, but suffice it to say that none of this comes as a surprise. In early January, Barnes & Noble reported disappointing holiday sales, and you could see the writing was on the wall from there. Uh, And both overall sales and comp store sales fell about 6.4% during that holiday period over 2017, so not good numbers. But next year... I think, is where the rubber's really going to hit the road. And in a statement, Barnes & Noble CEO Demos Perneros said that 2018 losses were expected and part of this long-term strategic turnaround plan. Uh, That's uh, that's in quotes as well, the long-term strategic turnaround plan. Uh, And that, Perneros said, the company expected immediate improvement in fiscal 2019. So there you have it. The bar is set. We need to see improvement in 2019 before we start making any predictions about what's really going on with Barnes & Noble. But I can't help thinking about Book Expo a few weeks ago, which featured Oren Teicher actually introducing Len Riggio and you know, both of them touting the whole ecosystem of book sales and Riggio saying that Indies and B&N were not in mortal combat. I mean, if you had told me that this would happen, uh, you know, back in the early 1990s, that these two guys would be standing here on the stage, uh, I would have thought that it would be B&N throwing a little support to beleaguered Indies. But in 2018, it's just the opposite. Uh, you're right. That's a great point, Andrew Albanese. And Book Expo organizers over at Read Exhibitions released some preliminary attendance figures for last month's show at the Javits, so we still have some more numbers to report this week, and that data suggested that total attendance was up for Book Expo. You and I were both at this year's show, and it was a visibly smaller one than in previous years. So my question to you is, which book expo are they talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I would really caution against absorbing uh, these figures from Book Expo at this point. I think there's a lot more that we need to drill down on. And I note that the figures released this week by Book Expo, they are total figures. They include everyone. That's retailers, librarians, authors, and other attendees, uh, with the exception of exhibitors. Uh, And there were more than 1,200 members of the media who were there covering Book Expo this year too but I think you're right it was absolutely certainly a smaller show this year noticeably a smaller show Uh, and while we wait for more detailed numbers before we get too far into it I'll just say that we're going to need to learn a little bit more (laughs) about exactly what numbers they're talking about Uh, we did learn also that Reed said that BookCon attendance held uh, even at about 20,000. We expected that number, and I guess that's good that you're holding steady. But again, that show had been growing for years, and now we've hit a plateau there. So some more rethinking, I'm sure, to come there. Or should I say reimagination? Uh, and all these numbers aside, Book Expo is not running away from them. They said they've been reimagining the show. That was the on every sign that you saw in Book Expo this year, the, the reimagined Book Expo. But I think it's fair to say for anyone who attended this year that the reimagination still has a ways to go. When Copyright Clearance and is Beyond the Book returns, Andrew Albanese previews Michelle Obama's appearance at the opening of the American Library Association annual conference. I'm Christopher Keneally with Copyright Clearance and is Beyond the Book. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. 
I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash pwradio. I'm Christopher Keneally for Copyright Clearance and Beyond the Book. It's Friday, June 22nd, 2018, and Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly joins me from New Orleans. At the end of a week that saw a detention of child-age asylum seekers on the U.S. side of the Mexican border dominate global news, Michelle Obama will take the convention center stage shortly for the American Library Association's big annual conference kickoff. Andrew, the world will be watching and listening to what she says, and you'll be there to hear it, too. Yeah, once again, and no surprise, a very political backdrop for this year's conference as the country wrestles with the Trump administration's policy of jailing children and separating families at the border. In fact, I'm going to say the Mexican border because this isn't happening at the Canadian border. I think that's an important point. Uh, and equally important is the administration's lies about the policy and its desire to use kids as pawns in a political game. All of this stuff weighs heavily on ALA and is definitely going to come up at this year's ALA. Uh, in fact, this week, as ALA gathers here in New Orleans, the association released a statement blasting the policy. ALA President Jim Neal called the policy, I'm going to, I have it right here in front of me, I'm going to quote, called it outrageous and devastating and said the library community was appalled and that there was no, and I'll quote him here again, legitimate policy or moral basis for this unconscionable action. So strong words indeed from ALA President Jim Neal and not unexpected because libraries are the beating hearts of American communities and they serve refugee populations in their cities and towns all over the U.S. And the library community, it stands for diversity and inclusion and for the rule of law and for the right for kids and adults to read and access information and not to be misled. Uh, And in addition to urging its members to contact Congress, ALA is also encouraging libraries of all types to see how they can use their resources to facilitate discussions and to actually support these families that are now in need, uh, whether that's legal help or whatever else they have. So absolutely, as Michelle Obama gets set to speak here today, what can only imagine what she might say about this? I'm certain she's going to say something. And once again, ALA finds its conference against a political backdrop. So last week, Andrew, you expressed some concern about the Librarian of Congress, Carla Hayden, being on stage with the former First Lady. You you thought it might draw unwanted political attention. Since then, obviously, the political tension has only increased, and I guess you must still be concerned. Somewhat, yes, absolutely, because you know it's simply not fathomable to me, especially given the ALA's statement this week, that the situation on the border will not come up in today's talk with Michelle Obama. And I don't think the administration is beyond seeking petty vengeance against those who dare to go against them or even appear to go against them. Witness Mark Sanford in South Carolina. But beyond Carla Hayden, who is really skilled at this game, you know, I'm not personally worried about Carla being able to handle any of this because she is sharp. But I worry, too, that at some point, the Twitter tirade begins, right? And Trump's Twitter trolls will start taking aim at ALA. And I mean, you look at the last three speakers that have been here headlining ALA. You had Hillary Clinton in Chicago, Sally Yates in Philadelphia, and now Michelle Obama here in New Orleans. Now, what bodes well for libraries here is that they are popular in their communities and they have the support of Congress and libraries make a real difference. So I think it would be a terrible idea for Trump to take aim at libraries in a political fashion. But then again, uh, look what's going on at the border. 
you know, wouldn't be his first bad idea. <laughs> and I do doubt the president's political instincts on some of these things. And also look at the FBI, look at the attacks on the press. This administration has also shown that it has no qualms about attacking institutions that clash with its political objectives. Now, so far, libraries have avoided the attention of the president's Twitter brain. But, you know, with an Obama on stage and a really hot button political issue now gripping the country in front and center here, I wonder if that might change. And I am concerned of, of how that will affect possibly the Library of Congress and what it might mean for libraries going forward. Well, Michelle Obama on stage in New Orleans. We are just a little jealous, Andrew Albanese. Have a great ALA show and thanks for joining me on CCC's Beyond the Book. My pleasure as always. Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly covers the latest news in publishing every Friday on Copyright Clearance Center's Beyond the Book. Andrew, Jeremy Brisky, and I will take a break for the next few weeks, returning to your favorite podcatching service next on Friday, July 13th. Our regular Monday programs continue, though, and coming next on Beyond the Book... At a gala evening in May at the New York Historical Society, the Audio Publishers Association gave out the 2018 Audi Awards, the Oscars of Spoken Word Entertainment. Neil Gaiman won an Audi for narration by an author. Other winners included Bruce Springsteen, Trevor Noah, and Anne Leckie. No wonder, really, that the publishing world has rolled out the red carpet for audiobooks. Revenue from audiobook sales has more than doubled since 2012, yielding a welcome digitally-driven boost to publishers' bottom lines. The Audio Publishers Association has just released data on 2017 sales, and Michelle Cobb, the executive director, tells me that publishing houses big and small have cranked up the volume and the output on audiobooks. Many book publishers also publish audiobooks, and we're seeing a rise in that, where people who have not traditionally had their own audio division, they're starting to do some of their own audiobooks. Additionally, there are a lot of independent audio publishers that are out there buying rights and creating original audio product, and they are all you know, putting this great stuff into the market, and with a wide range of titles, we see a lot of excitement about the format, and and it gets a lot of new listeners to try audiobooks. The volume on audiobooks going up and up. Next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries, Rights Direct and Nexus, drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Mm-hmm.